Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Taylor McCarg with us Thursdays at 4.30. ESPN joins us on 365 Sports. Taylor, thank you very much. Uh, we will maybe reflect back on Washington and Oregon, what a great classic game that was. But this week, the game that gets a lot of attention is Ohio State and Penn State. Your thoughts about those two? Yeah, well, it's going to be a, a little different, in my opinion, from what we've come to know, really both of these teams offensively over the past two years. I think this is going to be uh, more of a defensive struggle and about who can create explosive plays down the field throwing the football, which normally Ohio State, that's, that's what you've come to know. High-flying offenses, getting the ball downfield, uh, but on the other side, for Penn State, Drew Allar and that offense, they really haven't. That's not what they've been known for to this point in the season. And that's going to be what it comes down to is can Penn State continue those seven, eight, nine, ten play drives where they sustain drives and stay on the field against this Ohio State defense. And it's going to be an incredible football game. We've got a night game, and I'm excited to, to watch it in that early window. And uh, early season implications for the East – obviously with these two and then Michigan there at the top. But uh, again, this is going to come down to me on the, on the defensive side of the ball for both of these units. Do you think Manny Diaz, I mean, he, he's had a weird run as a head coach. Do you think Manny Diaz will finally get his right job after this year at Penn state with the suffocating defense they're playing? Yeah, I don't know. I, the, the right job is an interesting way of, of asking it because could he go get another head job? Yeah, absolutely. But is it something that would excite him is the question. And is it, uh, you know, is he going to get a head job that's in the top echelon of college football when uh, it's clear that it didn't work out previously? So I don't know the answer, obviously. And he's going to be a name that we see come up over the next couple months once the season is over. And, again, he will have jobs that are offered to him, similar to, a, you know, Tom Herman that goes and takes an FAU job. It's just whether or not he wants to go back to more of a, a group of five level or even a lower-type Power 5 school, uh, because I don't think it's going to be sort of your top echelon, top 20-type program. I, I don't think he's going to get that kind of opportunity. Taylor, uh, what did you think of Oregon and Washington last weekend? Yeah, incredible game. And I think you're starting to see those two. I, we just talked about the Big Ten starting to separate itself. That's what it looked like on the other side with the Pac-12. USC, obviously, with their loss. Washington State not looking as good. Uh, you're starting to just get uh, some separation at the top between Washington and Oregon. And to me, I mean, that, that felt like a college football playoff type game. And, uh, you know, you hope that as, just as a fan, you hope that those are the two that we end up seeing later in the year. Uh, and you, you, I know we talked about this a couple different times at this point in the season, but you also hope for the PAC 12 sake that they don't do what they always do and cannibalize themselves in the, the last you know three or four months of the se- or weeks of the season and then they miss out on the college football playoff because Washington and Oregon 
I think you could put those two up against anybody in the country right now. And uh, Penix, the last thing I'd say on that game, he had – that was a Heisman-type moment. Now, there's a lot of football left to be played, but that was the first thing that I've seen uh, really where you could say, okay, that is a – there's a reason that he's now the favorite, and if he can do that once or twice more the rest of the way, I think there's, that's a reason he's the favorite right now for the Heisman. Yeah, that, the Pac-12, which we said months ago, you know, about the quarterback play, Caleb Williams coming off – Probably his worst performance. He did have the bad one against Baylor in 2021 when they benched him for Spencer Rattler. Uh, when you watch USC, it seemed like they're still explosive, but it almost, I get the feeling that they could like go off the rails, not like lose four or five games, but they are on the edge of going off the rails. Do you agree or not? Well, I think the biggest thing from last week was they made Caleb Williams incredibly uncomfortable all night. They meaning Notre Dame's front four. And sometimes they were getting pressure where they weren't even having to bring a fifth or sixth defender. And you saw you know, so much of what he does that's dynamic for them in their downfield passing game is off script, where it's either the scramble drill or he just breaks contain and takes off with his legs. And Notre Dame had a plan for that clearly, where they were not going to let him do that and make that many plays happen off script. And it showed, and a big piece of their offense went away as a result. I don't think this is a team that, uh, at least not right now, in my opinion, that we should have on anything like a quit watch. But it is interesting that you have a player like Caleb Williams that, you know, barring an injury, is clearly going to be the number one overall pick. And so you do wonder if this gets you know, one loss, okay, still see them engage. But if you see them drop two more, I uh, would not expect him, and, and certainly if they miss the Pac-12 championship, I wouldn't expect him to play in their bowl game. And if that becomes apparent, then, yeah, that's where you see, you know, losses happen with teams in, late in the season in November where they had no business losing that game earlier in the season. But, you know, your best player or your best couple players says they're moving on to the draft, and then, you know, crazy things happen. Alabama and Tennessee this week. Uh, Tennessee's played okay. I mean, they're, they're, they've only lost one game. They don't look as spectacular and fun as they did last year, but their defense is, is good. Um, you know, Alabama is – um, you know, just just a conundrum of, of how they're – I guess it's not a conundrum, it's Nick Saban, but how Nick Saban's been able to, to piece this all together. Um, do they continue walking the tightrope this week, uh, having that home game there against Tennessee? Yeah, I think – isn't it funny that after the Texas loss, we start talking about, again, the end of the dynasty and, uh, you know, is this Saban's last year? and Whether or not it is, I just think it's interesting that we get to this – uh, last stretch of the month of October, and Alabama's sitting there right on the cusp of the top 10. They're almost a 10-point favorite against Tennessee, and if they win this game, they'll be back in the top 10 with a direct path still to the college football playoff. And now they've got to go through Georgia. At some point, they would have to beat them out of the East and win the SEC championship. But it just feels like a team that's finding their identity. They work through the quarterback issues. They they had that strange game against South Florida where it felt like, what is their identity on offense? And now it's very clear, run the football effectively, and then their passing game is basically just quick game and then take a couple deep shots a game. And that's really it. It's schemed up down the field, and I think you'll see some of that against Tennessee uh, and what's a, one of the better defenses. Uh, well, certainly a more improved defense from last year. I wouldn't say one of the top defenses in the SEC, but they're better from last year. Uh, but again, I just what stands out to me is that after all the felt like we were about to hit the panic button, now they're sitting there 
again, with an inside path to, to getting back to the playoffs. Taylor, did you get a chance at all to watch Avery Johnson from Kansas State last week? I did not have my okay. eyes on that, but I know that name. Uh, I saw that name a lot on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. No, I was just wondering because he had a big performance, and as a quarterback, I was I was curious if you got a chance to see him. So I'll, I'll wait till he gets to play a bit more. But um, Kansas State talking about now rolling with two quarterbacks. We'll see what they actually do on Saturday. But just from a quarterback's perspective, uh, how does that play into the psyche potentially of a Will Howard, or or how do you? How, how, how should that be handled? How do you kind of view the, the two-quarterback conundrum that Chris Kleiman has, which is actually, for him, probably a good problem to have at this point? Yeah, I always hated it as a player. Um, we had a wildcat situation that we would work through, and, and it really was uh, – as a player, again, I just it was not for me. I did not like it. But we've seen it work in the past at schools where their identity is running the football and playing good defense, which I think that absolutely is Kansas State. And there, this is a game this week. Uh, they're favored again over TCU. And it's, it's, that's another team that after the loss to Oklahoma State, things got a little bit quiet. But out of the, the Big 12, behind Texas and Oklahoma, who else would you really feel confident in in the Big 12 outside of really Kansas State? I mean, there's not a ton of depth in the conference this year. So this is a big one for them to bounce back. And we see this in college all the time, right, where they, you want to just go with the hot hand. Who's your quarterback that you start the game and you have a plan in a certain direction, and if it doesn't go the way you want, then you make a switch. And it sounds like that's more or less what Kansas State's going to roll with. Taylor, what game do you have? I've got a good one. We've got UTSA going to FAU, and, and both are sitting at uh, 2-0 and in conference play. Uh, Jeff Trailer and Tom Herman, two coaches that – I'm I'm really excited about this one. We're we're fortunate to have it. That's that's uh, two very different personalities, though. Coach Trailer and, and Coach absolutely Herman. no no doubt. And Coach Herman recruited me uh, back in the day, and we had a real we had them a couple of weeks ago. Really good conversation, and it, it's just exactly how I remember it, where you could just tell how smart he is, and he was beating me to my own questions, where I'd get two or three words into it, and he would just start answering because he knew where I was going with it. Um, where, you know, Coach Trailer on the other side, he likes to – he wants to almost sell you that he's, uh, you know, the all shucks uh, a little bit. You know, he doesn't want to come across boastful, but then you start talking ball, and, it, you know, it's clear why he's had this much success. And not and, – you know, obviously the high school level, but in college as well and what they've built. And incredibly humble coach. And But, man, I mean, you can't look past the results that they've created. And, and for those early season losses that they had – they still, going back to their time in Conference USA, they've won 12 straight conference games. So they've really built something spectacular in San Antonio. Yeah, he will play that oh shucks or all shucks guy, but then he lights up when it comes to what he's done. It's been a little bit difficult, though. You know, they had Army. They had Tennessee. So that was tough. The loss to Houston early in the season. What, me- what mentality, what's his, uh, his emotional state right now? Yeah, their their mentality is us against the world right now because they did have those losses, and he won't make the excuse, but I'll make the excuse for him. They have had a ton of injuries and critical injuries. Uh, they've had the NFL guy on the outside at receiver Clark that he tore his knee up bad last year. They were hoping to have him back. He's, it looks like he's not playing again this week. Uh, they're at the quarterback spot, at the corner, at defensive line, offensive line. They've had critical pieces go down, and 
Frank Harris missed the I mean, two of the games that they lost, Army, and I don't know that it would have mattered against Tennessee, but he was out in those games as well. And so they're starting to get healthy. Uh, last week against UAB was probably their best overall game. And I still think they're a dark horse in this conference because, you know, SMU, I, I was ringing the bell for them early in the year out of the American, and, and they don't look like what I thought they would be. So it's too soon to count anybody out, uh, especially Jeff Trailer and UTSA. Taylor, thank you. Have a great broadcast. Thanks for your time. Tell Coach Trailer we said hi. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.